Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., I'm doing uh, good. Uh, you know, we're getting back into it. I mean, this is the MLB offseason where every day there's just more and more stories to cover. But. Absolutely. We're going to go go and end up getting into some of the very breaking stories in tomorrow's episode. But just to give people a little sense of how we're planning to go from here, starting this week, we're going to get back to semi-regular episodes, looking to hopefully do releases, I believe, every Tuesday for the rest of the, of the off-season with, of course, if you're not following from there, if you're on the podcast, go ahead and check on our socials, Twitter, YouTube, as well as the Belly Up Sports Facebook page. Check them out for our production studio the night before. We'll be on there recording live to everybody else, so you can kind of get that sense of what's going on. So, yeah, that'll be tomorrow's show. But for today, Brandon, we have a whole lot of MLB awards to get through here. We sure do. Um, since the last time we've recorded, uh, all the awards have been uh, given out. And we might as well start uh, with the first few that were uh, 
awarded and then make our way up from there. Um, LJ, would you like to start with manager of the year or reliever of the year? Let's go ahead and get the managers out of the way as they're the only non-players. Let's go ahead and start with the National League manager of the year. Of course, that will end up going to Gabe Kapler with, uh, I believe, 28 first place votes in this. Only two people got, other than him, got a first place vote in this. Coming down after that, we're going to go with Craig Council, number two. Mike Schilt comes in, number three, the now replaced St. Louis Cardinals manager. And then Brian Snicker comes in at number four, the Atlanta manager, who now has a World Series champion plaque next to his name in baseball reference, as well as Dave Roberts rounding out the top five. Um, What I can take from this initially is that, I mean, they they got it right. The people mm. who vote on this did. Uh, Gabe Kapler, 100% should be should be the uh, 2021 NL manager of the year. Uh, it makes sense. I mean, he takes the Giants to quite an amazing season that they had. Uh, I believe, did did we end up saying it was the best in their franchise's history based on a regular season wins? Yes, based on regular season wins, it was. I mean, the Giants have been around for over 100 years, so. You know, it's it's pretty impressive, especially with the group that he had uh, to start the year. And how far he's come. There was a point in time where we all thought he was probably one of the most incompetent managers in the sport when he was with Philadelphia because that team just looked like it was going nowhere. Everyone had very lofty expectations for that group when they first got Bryce Harper in there. And, of course, those weren't paying off, but this – this certainly seems seems to have them them taking a shot at him in San Francisco. And it's another thing I think we're going to overall a common theme in this NL field is not noticing things in enough time. Because I think Gabe Kapler, we probably could have seen it last year. Brandon, this is a team that almost made the playoffs last year when we all thought they were going to be awful. I mean, Mike Yastrzemski was their best player best player yes Mikey Yaz was their best player and he all of a sudden came out and did nothing this year he frankly wasn't that good last year to begin with and yet they were able to get there so what does that where does that come to that comes to a lot of the off the field things a lot of the moves that were made to be able to make this a winning team another guy who did made the moves to make his team successful here Craig Council from Milwaukee Comes in number two here. Yes, he had one of the best rotations in the league with one of the best closers in the league to be able to work that part. But he largely had to put together the rest of this team on his own. I mean, there was really not much else to uh, do here. The offense was not at all a playoff caliber offense when he first started the season. But all of a sudden, we get to a point now where... They were they they were a force enough to be able to be a competitor in the postseason. If anybody told me that that team made it to the World Series, I wouldn't have told them that they were insane, because that offense was competent enough to get you there. Yeah, um, it was 
certainly a competent enough, but we could both agree that there was a lot. They probably had the worst offense out of any team that did make the 2021 playoffs. Yes, but to see the amount of ground that was made up during the season from that group. For sure. Especially with with, with a Christian Yelich just doing whatever he's been doing the last two years. Who? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Never, Never heard of the guy. All right, we're going to go ahead and flip on over now to the American League Manager of the Year. This one, this one somehow ends up going to Kevin Cash. He ends up getting 19 first place votes here, and then working down the list, we've got Scott Cervase from Seattle, number two, Dusty Baker from Houston at number three, Charlie Montoyo at number four. Alex Cora from Boston at number five, and he's the last person to receive a first place vote. Tony Larusa comes in at number six, and then AJ Hinch, now with the Detroit Tigers, comes in seventh with the last person to receive votes. Brandon, there is a ton to unpack here with this group. Certainly is. Um, I don't blame them for uh, voting Kevin Cash the manager of the year. Uh, you know, the Rays lose their two top pitchers this offseason. Uh, they trade away Blake's or the, the offseason coming into 2021. They trade away Blake Snell. Charlie Morton goes and signs with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and Cash brings the Rays once again to a 100 win season. Uh, well, not, not once again. This was the first one in, in. Or, excuse me. I should say another AL East title. Yes. Or no, yes, because he won it in 2020. That's right. Yeah. So back to back. Okay, was confused there for a minute, but we got it. Okay. Aaron, Aaron Boone isn't that skilled at winning division titles. We know. Got to remember that. We know. Um, but yeah, look, I I understand, but at the same time, and maybe this is just me in my head thinking about how much math and lack of control Kevin Cash may have over that team that leaves me a little bitter but at the end of the day you can't prove that and that's also very limited reason to keep him out of it but what i look at is improve improvement of a team year by year compared to what the pieces around them are if anything they probably got marginally worse coming into the year from the division title team that they were and then all of a sudden they have um Another uh, another great season, their best season in team history. Meanwhile, Seattle, they 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 got worse. They weren't trying to compete. They weren't spending money to be a winner here, and yet they end up getting to ninety wins. They were on the precipice of making things very interesting for that playoff picture, all the way till the last couple days of the season. Th- that's an amazing group. They were still alive on the last day of the season, remember, to make the playoffs. Uh, on game 162, they still had a chance to get in. Uh, so, you know, I think Scott Surveyus was certainly um, a great choice for this award. Personally, I think I would have gave it to Kevin Cash. Um, but how did Alex Cora finish, like, fifth, LJ? And I know that you certainly as a Boston fan have thoughts on this, but I just like, I, I don't know. It's 
doesn't make a lot of sense how he finished fifth. Only got one more total vote point than Tony LaRusa, who I would argue did. <laughs> I mean, he took a White Sox team in the worst division in the entire league to 93 wins and out of the playoffs in four games. So uh, I'm kind of lost here, LJ. Exactly. It makes no sense. I mean, the only thing... It- the only thing I could think of is perhaps there's some bias within the voters towards the Houston stuff. However, when you look down the ballot and see AJ Hinch there, don't get me wrong. That was one of the things I was going to bring up in a minute was I think it's fantastic that AJ Hinch got here. He absolutely deserves it for what he did with this Detroit team. They've been one of the most impressive parts of this season for me, what he was able to do with them and the overall rise of some of their young players. But at the same time, Tony La Russa is here doing more to make his team lose than he was to make his team win at a lot of points during the season. And he's one point off. Brandon, what exactly – I'm not going to argue with Dusty Baker, although I still would have put Cora over Baker. What's Charlie Montoya doing in this – in number four ahead of Alex Cora? I mean, I can see him also because – Toronto wasn't really expected to be like a 90 game. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. They were expected to win 92, 93 games. They were supposed to be a playoff team this year. That's what matters instead of arbitrary win totals. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, these teams are going to be competing for this. It's going to be the Rays, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays all duking it out for the playoff spots this year. And then for the vast majority of the season, Toronto found ways to underwhelm and they consistently were the fourth best team in that division. Now that's not their fault that the Red Sox uh, crept up on them, but they still would have been the third team out of the Yankees and the Rays. If it was just the three of them, that's underwhelming. And they ultimately choked down that, down that last stretch. And that I largely will put on the manager, especially all of the thoughts we had on them to end the season with the uh, lineup card thing with Tampa. Yeah, I mean, we we do have to get on to the next award, but I would I would agree with that uh, assessment. I would say though, heading into September, Montoyo had a chance to win that award, <clears> and <throat> their September collapse did not help uh, his chances whatsoever. Um, but LJ, the Rookie of the Year award, shall, shall we get on to uh, to this? Absolutely. All right. We will once again start in the National League uh, with the winner of the NL Rookie of the Year going to Jonathan India of the Cincinnati Reds, getting 29 of 30 first place votes. Behind him, Trevor Rogers of the Miami Marlins. Fantastic pitching season uh, for him. He gets the other or the last first place vote. Uh, then we have Dylan Carlson, Patrick Wisdom, Ian Anderson, Frankie Schwindel, Tyler Stevenson, David Bedner, and Vladimir Gutierrez rounding out the. NL Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, LJ, in terms of the winner, Jonathan India, uh, he had a great season, was consistent throughout the entire season, and uh, was by far the guy who should have won this award for sure. Um, By far, I think, is a slight, slight, slight stretch 
Okay. I think one thing could have very easily changed this and blown him out by a mile. If Trevor Rogers plays a like legitimate share of a season, like not legitimate share, 130 innings is nothing to scoff at. But if we're talking about 50 more innings or at least over 150 innings, there's no way I don't give that award to Trevor Rogers. And a fantastic season from him, but also is from India. I'm not trying to take away from Jonathan India here. I just think he really needs to be taken into account here. Oh no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, let's not forget Rogers was an all-star. He didn't make the all-star team from Miami. Uh and the season he had this year was was really good. Uh I think it is that innings total that did that did scare voters off, but I mean a two five five FIP in those hundred thirty three innings, uh he looked to be a he I mean the, the his his pitching style I think looks to be very consistent and it, hopefully Miami has uh, kind of etched in another one of those starting pitchers that uh, it seems that they're going to have a lot of them uh, coming up soon. Uh, yeah, all these young guys. So. Brandon, you're not looking at the big picture here. Only seven wins. You went seven and eight this year, Brandon. Yeah, no, that's, that's why they didn't give it to him. He only won seven games on the mound now. I mean, come on. Seven and eight with a two six four ERA. That don't mean anything back in the eighties. He he wouldn't even get a vote for this award. He wouldn't be on the team. No. <laughs> he no. Loose already. Um. Anyway, no. let's go ahead and move on now to the American League side. And I swear that this ballot was put together by a child. Like put cobbled together by an actual child. Let's go ahead through this. Randy Rosarena, to really not much surprise, is the American League Rookie of the Year following up on his terrific end of the 2020 season. He gets 124 votes. Coming in number two is Luis Garcia. Coming in number three, we've got Wander Franco. Four, Adolis Garcia. Five, Emmanuel Classe, the closer for the Cleveland Indians. Ryan Malcastle comes in at number six for Baltimore. Shane McClanahan for Tampa comes in at number seven. And then at number eight, Alec Manoa of Toronto. Look, I try very hard to give unbiased, and I don't really think this is biased as I say it, reporting on this show to an extent. Like, I'm not going to get up on my soapbox every two seconds for my team, but how on earth did Garrett Whitlock not make it onto the list? How did he not get a vote? Where is the logic, Brandon? What I want to know is because the people that vote on this, which is the Baseball Writers Association of America. The kids that always got picked last in dodgeball. But also, LJ, um, you know, there is people from Boston that are on that and have a ballot oh yeah why where is their love for this guy brandon it it defies logic i i don't understand where this is because he is at minimum on par with the top guys on this group and quite a bit better than some let's take just just through a couple a couple stats i'm not gonna try to cherry pick here or anything 
but one finished the season one nine six ERA. I'm trying to get a little bit of a little bit of something for everybody. Three WAR, which is better than at least half of that group, and most importantly, eight wins. <laughs> he was eight and four on the mound this year. Now, Brandon, I know you don't like ERA for pitcher relief pitchers, but I think that can only be said that you don't like ERA for the bad, not the bad pitchers, but the bad ERAs, because the whole idea that you're, the logic there is it's getting inflated. So because of a couple bad outings, that isn't necessarily a true indicator of the pitcher. Look, a good, a really good ERA for a reliever is an asset because that's showing not only were you good all year, but you didn't get shelled. You didn't have blow up outings. And that's what you get when you get a two, uh, a sub two ERA out of a reliever in his rookie season. That is amazing. I'm not going to act like he's Randy Rosarena. I'm not going to act like he's Wander Franco, but I can find at least five guys on this list that he easily should have been over. And I guess I can leave it on Luis Garcia's a bum. Well, uh, I just want to let everyone know, if you go back to our 2021 season primer episode, I did give out Randy Rosarena as my AL Rookie of the Year uh, at plus 350 odds. Uh, So, just saying. I mean, I did call that. uh, But, and we're going to get to more that I was close to calling here in a minute. But (laughs) regardless of that fantastic season by Randy Orozarena, we all know that had Wander Franco played anything more than 70 games, this award would have been his. Is that right to say? Oh, my gosh. Easily. If he had gotten another month in there. If he got another two weeks in there, this is his, I think. With that being said, though, this is a, just you got to be happy if you're Tampa, though, right? Because the thing I'm looking at here is we're all talking about how it was a matter of weeks before Randy Rosarena loses this award. He still should have been an all-star based on his war this year. If we were, if they did end of the year all-stars, he's there. And more excitingly, a 2020 season in really your first, technically your first year in the league, that's really good. And it's not like he's one of the focal points of the team. They're not going to overly protect him. They're going to let him keep doing his thing. And who knows, Brandon, could we end up seeing 30-25 out of this guy a couple times in his career? Out of a Rosarena? For sure. Um, He is not afraid to steal bases. He actually got caught stealing the most times out of any player. Uh, in the MLB this year, and the power is only going to get or is going only going to improve from here. Uh, it is worth noting he is going to be on his age twenty seven season starting next year, so he is a bit older, but will still be a main staple of this of the Rays teams for the next at least half half decade. He still has time. How about we go ahead and get into these NL Cy Youngs? Let's do it. The NL Cy Young Award. Uh. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. 
And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Was a very close race. And it comes down to two pitchers, Corbin Burns and Zach Wheeler. They both end up uh, getting the same amount of first place votes. Comes down to uh, all the ballots, though. And Corbin Burns comes out on top with 151 vote points. Second is Zach Wheeler with 141. Behind them, we have Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff finishing fifth, who I picked preseason to win the Cy Young. Kevin Gaussman, sixth. Julio Urias, seventh. Adam Wainwright, also tied for seventh. And then Jacob deGrom uh, rounds it out at ninth. Um, LJ, Corbin Burns, he did it. We don't have to uh, be stressed out or anxious anymore. The awards voters gave the right man the award here. They absolutely gave the right man the award here. Can we start off this one the same way we ended AL Rookie of the Year and the same way we – actually, the way we ended both the Rookie of the Years? Sure. If Jacob deGrom got 60 more innings, he is easily the Cy Young this year. <laughs> he might be the MVP this year uh, if he gets that many more innings, LJ. Uh, they're just gonna, if, if he gets 60 more innings, they're just going to name baseball after him. There was a stretch there where it was looking like he was going to be the new MLB logo. Like, seriously. <laughs> he, he was that good. It's, it's not an over-exaggeration. That's why I'm glad somebody put him on this list because that was an amazing year. But I think this is possibly the most fair one here, or one of the more fair ballots here, because everybody kind of feels like they fell in line correctly. And look, if you're a Zach Wheeler supporter – I understand your thoughts. He absolutely deserves to be this high up this list. He probably does deserve to have a share of uh, a close close to split or split of first place votes. Here's the stat that I think is kind of telling. Zach Wheeler threw 20% more innings than Corbin Burns. I'm not going to have these numbers exactly right. I'm throwing them off the top of my head, I should say. And had a 12% worse ERA. The difference here comes in with... A, the dominance of Corbin Burns' peripherals, and B, the amount of big games that he puts together. Like, there there have been stretches in this year where Corbin Burns looked unstoppable. Zach Wheeler always looked great, but never unstoppable. He didn't have those highlight reel moments like Corbin Burns did throughout the year. This was Corbin Burns' year. He didn't blow up, and he had all sorts of memorable performances. Anyone who's been following the show knows we have a pretty good litmus test for Cy Young's based on um, overall relevance and whether they're in your head or not to begin with. And then from there, how many times you're able to have amazing starts and how many times you have blow-up starts in a year. I feel like that overall covers the dominance factor of a pitcher. Corbin Burns blew those numbers out of the water. He certainly did. Uh, 
you know, only 167 innings pitched, which is not a lot. Uh, he did have a few stretches there where he was hurt. And I do think there is a very good argument for Zach Wheeler to have gotten this award. Uh, you know, sure. I'm really happy wins don't count for the Cy Young, right? Anymore. Like with that being said, Julio Urias is on this list as our token wins guy. Right. I mean, that's, he's on, he was also like, he, he's probably on this list. Uh, for a little more than that, just a well, little yes. more. Than I, that. Think all, but, I think also, though, for Urias, before you continue with your point here, and then we'll move on. Um, it's the significance of the number too. He's the first twenty-game winner in the National League in like five years. Yeah, like that takes something. Like it's not, it's not that easy to be able to be the first one to get that during this era in the National League with how good teams are to be able to get to twenty wins is huge. And certainly having a super team lineup helps that as well. Um, but regardless, look, the thing with Zach Wheeler, um, he faced the most amount of batters in the league this year, right? And if you're talking about overall who was the most valuable pitcher to your team this year, uh, I do think it's Zach Wheeler. Um he really didn't get hurt at all during the season. He started 32 games, which is pretty much uh, one off of what the league lead is. And he led the league in strikeouts. He's still with all those extra innings that he had on Corbin Burns still had a very solid ERA to boot. Uh, And if you think that, you know, wins shouldn't count, but, um, you're all about advanced analytics, you know, maybe we do need to pull it back a little bit and we could have gone too far where innings pitched and ERA don't matter as much anymore. And they should. And that would certainly be the case for Zach Wheeler to win Uh, overall though, both incredible seasons from both Zach Wheeler and Corbin Burns. And of course, only one of them can be the Cy Young uh, just, very impressed with what they both did, along with Max Scherzer, who I thought had a chance to actually win this over both of them. Uh, but he only gets six first place votes. The other two get 12 apiece. So overall, uh, great seasons from all three of those guys. All right. Moving on to the American League, Cy Young, to no one's surprise and hopefully no one's chagrin. Robbie Ray ends up taking home the Cy Young Award for Toronto. Coming in number two is the sensational spider tack, Garrett Cole. He's the only other guy to get a first place vote in this voting pattern. Lance Lynn comes in number three for Chicago. Then Boston's Nathan Ivaldi. Chicago's Carlos Rodon, the second White Sox on this list. Then Frankie Montas comes in at number six. Lance McCullers at number seven for Houston. Then we get Liam Hendricks, the closer for the White Sox, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, Lucas Giolito ends up sneaking into this group, as well as Rafael Iglesias. Brandon, any early reactions? Wabi Way. Wabi Way. Um, yeah, with Robbie Ray, Wabi Way, whatever you want to call him, winning the Cy Young, the 
2014 Detroit Tigers have gained another Cy Young Award winner from that team. LJ, shall, shall I go down the list? Absolutely. I love this. It's my favorite list. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Rick Porcello, David Price, Robbie Ray. And Wobby Way. This team also had Annabelle Sanchez and Drew Smiley uh, in their starting rotation, along with Joe Nathan at closer, who saved over 370 games in his career. Uh, and the Tigers end up losing. Uh, they get swept in the ALDS that year with five Cy Young winners. Yeah, I... I don't think there's anything anyone could really complain about here, especially seeing – I actually, I, I complain with the f- person who gave the first place vote to Garrett Cole. All right, it's not it, – I'm not complaining. It's his choice. He certainly has reason, and that reason is probably wins. But you've got Robbie Ray leading the league in every single other – statistical category that matters for pitchers in terms of like the standards. He leads the lead, led the American league in war, led in ERA, led in innings pitched, led in strikeouts, led in whip. And of course, ERA plus with how his ERA shaped up. This was a across the board, meticulously clean win for Robbie Ray. I, I, I don't see a way you can argue him not having this at this point. I wasn't a believer at first, but he did it. And to touch on your innings pitch, I thought real quick, innings pitch actually does does matter because if you're a guy who's able to get out there and make an impact for your team so much and make a quality impact each time out, then obviously you are one of the best pitchers in the league. You deserve to be up near the top, if not at the top. And that, ultimately helped Robbie Ray get here. You're absolutely right. Uh, no, you know, as a Yankee fan, I'm, I don't uh, blame all the voters for picking Robbie Ray over Garrett Cole. Of course, all the votes have to be in prior to the first playoff game. Uh, of course, Cole does not pitch. Like, he does not pitch like finishing second in the Cy Young against the Red Sox in the wild card game. But, we're yeah. past that, and um, you know, overall, con- congrats to Robbie Ray. Had a fantastic year. Uh, interested to see what he ends up doing in free agency. As it should be stated, is Corbin Burns also a free agent, or is it who's a free agent um, in the NL? Um, no, that's next season, isn't it? Okay, yeah. Corb. So Scherzer's a free agent this year. Robbie Ray is a free agent, but Corbin Burns is not. No. Brandon, it's time for my favorite one of all, the National League MVP. Would you like to do us the honors? Sure. We probably only have to go down the top five. Yeah, there's way too many guys to list them all. And also one very questionable one who I want to talk about uh, at the very very bottom of the ballot. I think Um, we're both at the same one right now. Yeah, but – NL MVP in first place with 17 of the 30 first place votes. Bryce Harper of the Philadelphia Phillies 
Behind him, also with six first place votes, we have Juan Soto. In third place, with two first place votes, Fernando Tatis Jr. Fourth place, with four first place votes, Brandon Crawford of the San Francisco Giants. Brandon Carl Crawford. Brandon Carl Crawford, that's right. Long time listeners of the show will get that one. And in fifth place, with one first place vote, is Trey Turner. Um, LJ, your guy, Bryce Harper, got the MVP. He had an incredible season. Uh, certainly uh, not a bad choice. I would have picked Juan Soto. Still, though, Bryce Harper has a very good case to win it and absolutely no issues with him winning it. Um, LJ, prior to you jumping in here real quick, I just want to say Brandon Crawford in fourth place getting four first place votes seems a little crazy to me, but it's uh, whatever. All right. I'm going to touch on that first. Brandon Crawford, fourth place, doesn't seem crazy. Four first place, place votes, yeah, that seems crazy. There is no reason that anyone should have strayed outside of the top three, Harper, Soto, and Tatis, for their first place votes. It just makes no sense to me. I could see Trey Turner, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe no, Trey I, I don't feel like that was there. It was just there. just no Brandon Crawford though. I mean. But Brandon Crawford, no, I don't think Brandon Crawford or Trey Turner. It it wasn't there for me. But that is a matter of opinion. What's not a matter of opinion is that Bryce Harper is the MVP. It is not a matter of opinion that Bryce Harper is good because that is fact. Once again, came out and proved it. Look, I don't want to hear anyone saying that he was a one-year guy he's overpaid any of that because he has come out and put together good seasons he's put together big performances when his club needed him to have big performances I don't know what more Bryce Harper could possibly do for people other than the fact that they just hate themselves and need to take it it out on somebody else he he is everything you could want him to be he is everything the Phillies paid him to be so far and 100% worth the money he got you're absolutely right. Um, I'm taking a look at the ballots right now for the people who did vote Crawford first. One ballot went Crawford. One, one ballot put all Giants players. I'm 90% sure of it because there's no reason Kevin Gosman or Lamont Wade should be on this list. Yeah, so the same. So I'm actually looking at that right now. One of the guys who put Crawford first. He writes for the athletic for the Giants. He went Carl or Brandon Crawford, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Soto fourth, Austin Riley fifth, Tatis sixth, and then he put Lamont Wade tenth, which is insane. Another one here we have Brandon Crawford. This is someone who from the San Francisco Chronicle. Brandon Crawford, Trey Turner, Tyler O'Neill third, Tatis fourth, Harper fifth, Soto sixth. They're just in completely imaginary land here. Uh, you know, no, I, gen- I genuinely didn't see a way that at least the top two. I can understand people with the injury issues and overall disappointment that the Padres were this year. I can understand people hating on Tatis a little bit, but – 
there's no way that the top two should have ever been touched. I'm sorry. Also, the guy who put a Kevin Gosman, he's actually a writer for the Rockies. He went Soto first. Rocky Mountain High, baby. This guy, though, he goes Scherzer fifth in MVP, Brandon Crawford sixth, Freddie Freeman seventh. And then he puts Gosman 10th. So he didn't even put Zach Wheeler or Corbin Burns in his top 10 for MVP. Instead, he puts two other pitchers there, which it's okay. Uh, But, you know, this is why we get um, weird voting results every year and why Lamonte Wade will now have an MVP thing on his baseball reference page for the rest of his life. But it's okay. Not to say he didn't have a great season, but it it just wasn't it. It was not. All right. AL MVP, LJ. AL MVP goes, honestly, mostly the way we expected it to. I think that's fair to say, at least through the top three. Shohei Otani is your unanimous American League MVP after a historic season on both the hitting and pitching sides. Next up goes Vladdy, excuse me, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Vladdy Daddy. Marcus Simeon comes in at number three. Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees comes in four. Carlos Correa ends up at number five. Brandon, I can't really argue with any of this. I really can't. But it just... The top five is beautiful, actually. It's perfect. No, I know, I know. I just... I don't even remember who I had in my four or five spots that would help me check, but I remember how ha- I, I definitely had judge. I don't think I had Correa, but I love Correa now. So that's, I don't, can't complain about that, but it just, it was almost kind of immediately jarring to see judge there. I mean, his stats are certainly worthy of it. I'm not doubting that he's worthy of it. It just felt a, a little high at first, but looking down this list, I can't see anybody. I definitely had to take over him. Some more interesting uh, ballot stuff here. So Vladdy gets 29 of 30 second place votes. The one person who did not vote him second is a writer from the Kansas City Royals who puts Salvador Perez number two. Uh, I, I just, I don't know how you can say Salvi had a better year than Vladdy Jr., but that's okay. Um, for third place, Marcus Simeon gets 24 of the 30 third-place votes. I believe four of them go to Aaron Judge. One of them goes to Vladdy. Uh, it was from the person who voted Salvi Perez second. Uh, and one of them, actually two more of them go to Salvi Perez for third. Uh, so overall, a lot of consistency within the top three ballots, though. I'd say looks like about... 85% of these of these ballots had a top three of Otani, Vladdy, and Simeon. As they should. Again, yeah, because realistically, when you look at all of the things that we've looked at combined between the statistics, the off-the-field impact, the overall player impact on the team and on the team's winning, when you look across the board, outside of the top three, everyone else is flawed in, in one way or another. But there's no real disputing the other the other two other three especially otani honestly 
especially up top. I'm, with with the way you break down these numbers, a nine point one wins above replacement seems like a little bit of a letdown here. It does. You 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 would expect him to have already have been over ten. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like he needs to do more. LJ, he's not doing he's enough. Get out there for more innings, man. Yeah, come on now. That's going to bring it. That's what, he, that's he has to play in the field. Run. He can't take this DH uh, defensive value. That's that's what's killing his his war. LJ, no, you're right. Get him out in right field every day. We need. Um, a- that's it for the AL, right? There's not really not much more to talk about here. My guy Cedric would- Mullins cracks the top ten. Brandon Lau cracks the top ten. Both guys who I had on my ballot. Um, I, I actually think I got everyone on my ballot in the top ten except for Salvi Perez. I'm going to check right now, but I could have been really close. Oh, and except for Kyle Tucker, who only got on one ballot, which is an atrocity, and I would like to. Well, I would also like to know who Mike Zanino got to, had to pay to get on this ballot, but that's a song for another time. Actually, not a Rays writer, so I am shocked. Oh, he was on a Baltimore Orioles writer's uh, number 10. Nice. <laughs> That's it. Awards. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our recap of the 2021 MLB awards. Uh, be sure to stay tuned throughout with us for the rest of the off season. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 